Hello folks, I'm John Myrie and welcome to the Wisconsin Northland Outdoors. On this week's show we have reports and tips for you from Jarrett McCarthy down at Hayward Bait and Bottle. And then we talk fishing with pro angler Pete Mena. And then lastly, some great late ice perch tips for you from Hayward Area Fishing Guide Steve Jensen. Lots to cover on this week's show all coming up right after these messages. Find your perfect Can-Am ATV or side-by-side at Hayward Power Sports. The all-new 2023 Can-Am Outlander ATVs were redesigned with the rider in mind for unmatched fun and value. Hit the woods or trails with models starting at $5,999. Plus, for a limited time, take advantage of a $500 rebate or 2.99% financing on select models. Looking for a side-by-side? The Can-Am Defender is the perfect utility side-by-side that's extra tough on the worksite, the ranch, or wherever you need to get the job done. Feel the adrenaline surge in the high-performance Can-Am Maverick, or get the best of work and play with the ultimate crossover, the Can-Am Commander. Claim the side-by-sides that fit your needs today and enjoy financing as low as 1.99% for 36 months on select models. Make every hunt a success, every trail ride an excitement-filled adventure, and make light work of your heavy-duty jobs, all with a brand-new Can-Am off-road vehicle from Hayward Power Sports, just 10 minutes east of Hayward on Highway 77. Offer subject to credit approval. See dealer for details. Riding along in my automobile. Bumping into things unexpectedly? Make your first choice for collision repair. Ernie's Auto Body, featuring the most advanced collision repair facility in northwest Wisconsin. With a state-of-the-art spray, bake-down, draft paint booth for that better-than-new finish, laser technology for precision frame alignment, loaner cars available, computerized estimates, written guarantees, and documented unmatched customer service, the clear choice is Ernie's Auto Body, south of Hayward on Highway 63 and Nursery Road, where quality is no accident. Lynn's Custom Meats and Catering welcomes you to stop by for their great lunch menu. And while you're there, Lynn's also has a great selection of custom cut meats and sausages, as well as many varieties of snack sticks, jerky, fresh cheese curds, and much more. Lynn's is open Mondays through Fridays from 9 to 5.30 and 9 to 4 on Saturdays. Lynn's Custom Meats and Catering in Hayward. Today, anglers fish longer. Today, anglers fish harder. Today, anglers rely more than ever on their electronics. It all comes down to catching more fish, and today, anglers rely on Amped Outdoors lithium batteries, period. Visit AmpedOutdoors.com today to power your outdoor experience. We're recording this week down Hayward Bait and Bottle. Got Jared McCarthy in here, and Jared, uh, you know, the ice is still there. It's it's not gone away, but I, I don't know if it's gotten thinner in some areas or not. What are you hearing? So we're hearing a little bit of everything. We're hearing thinner in some places, no change in other places. I think what's really helping us right now is you know the last week or so we've had those temps getting down to the low twenties, you know, high teens at night, which is you know stiffening everything back up. And um, luckily, some of those. Higher temps that, you know, forecast was uh, um, thinking that we were going to get. We didn't quite get as high as they thought that we were going to get. So, you know, during the time we got a couple of days that were into the, you know, lower 40s or what have you, but it was only for a couple hours. So um, haven't lost a lot. A lot of guys are still getting out. There are some lakes around here that uh, you're still able to access with a wheeler or a snowmobile or, what you know, if we got snow out there, which uh, there is, ain't much of up here right now. But uh, guys are getting out there fishing right now. just depends on what lake you're on. Well, I'm getting reports, uh, you know, as little as a four or five inches up to nine, ten, maybe 11 inches. I'm 
have you hear more than that at all? No, not more than that. I mean, the highest that we've heard was about 10 or 11 inches. Well, one of my friends was out on a lake, and he had eight and a half inches of ice. And I says, you know, he grew up up here. I says, when did you ever see eight and a half inches of ice out here first February? He said, never. <laughs> yeah, we've had a couple of really goofy winters. Uh, we see some cold weather on the horizon, which will maybe add a little bit of ice. I see some single digits over the next week or so. But uh, before we even get to that, we got some rain. So, yeah, we're kind of all over the place this winter. It's going to go away fast, I think, this year when it goes, because there's not much out there to melt. Which is, you know, which is good and it's bad, you know, for the guys that were chomping at the bit to get out and do some ice fishing and that, and for guys that are looking forward to the uh, um, the ice out bite where all the crappies and gills really come in, they go strong, you know, it, it stinks, but for everybody else that's waiting to get out onto a boat, you know, it'll be nice to have uh, kind of an early spring this year and uh, see some guys getting out earlier than uh, the first week of May. What have you guys been catching that have been out ice fishing? You hearing anything on walleyes at all? No, as far as walleyes go, we were hearing a couple of guys that are getting here and there, but uh, the walleye bite's been really slow. Guys that are coming in, they're doing really, really well on pike on tip-ups, and we're seeing some really nice copies of bluegills coming in right now. You bet. Well, and anything on perch yet? Yeah, we have started to see some guys that are starting to get onto the perch. Um, most of the reports are saying there's a few that are starting to come up onto the flats, getting ready to spawn, but they're not quite there yet, so we're probably about a week or so away from them coming up into their Strong. Yeah, and the rivers are going to be, I think, nice for be- between here and spring, too, because we just don't have a lot of runoff going into them, so it ought to be good fishing on the trout. Not a lot of runoff, and, you know, unlike last year, because we don't have a lot of snow, you know, uh, it's going to be easier to get into those rivers instead of trying to walk through a, you know, a foot or two of snow just to get to the the edge of it right there so yeah obviously uh we're banking on a really good trout season early on and uh you know as far as uh down here at the shop i know you guys got uh, a lot of, of uh stuff on here for ice fishing yet and you're geared up the open water there's a lot of interesting things this year come out absolutely there's a lot of interesting things down here um you know we've still got everything out for ice fishing so whatever you're looking for uh rods reels shacks augers they're down here we got some good sales going on right now and we're just starting to uh, um, dip our toes into getting some summer stuff ready and uh, seeing some interesting stuff. And we got a lot of cool stuff on deck for this summer. You bet. Well, you know, and I'm going to talk a little bit with you on, on crappie fishing. Uh, I know you've been out doing some crappie fishing. Uh, what do you find in depths? Uh, what's working? Uh, what just depends on the lake. It, it really does. Um, I was on one lake over the weekend where I think that lake only gets to like 10 or 12 feet deep, and we found a lot of the crappies in like 8 feet of water. Um, hearing a lot of other people that are out fishing uh, some big bodies of water where everything's out in the basin, they're, you know, 20 to 35 feet. So it's all just relative to the lake that you're fishing, but it seems like they're all in their uh, their midwinter patterns out there right now. Uh, as far as uh, the, the baits, what, anything particular been working better than others? So, you know, we've just been running uh, some jigs and plastics and been running a lot of a lot of tip downs to cover some water and see where we can find some fish. Those innovative tip downs, man, you know, I, I finally, you know, caved and I saw a couple of my buddies using them on the ice and I bought two of them and man, they are a unique son of a guns for tip downs because everything just folds right up into that tube and great way to cover water and not have to try and set a tip up up for crappies or perch or what have you and um, be able to accommodate some of those really um, light bites that are out there on the ice right now. But, yeah, just covering water right now is the name of the game. You know, we're only a few weeks away from open water at the worst. And when you get out there and first uh, open water, crappies, where should somebody be looking? I mean, when you're getting out there for, you know, those really early crappies or what have you, usually when ice out comes out, 
a lot of times you're still going to be looking out in that basin or you're going to start looking onto those mid-depth weed flats that are just outside some of your shallower base that those crappies are going to move into at some point to spawn. Obviously from ice out to spawn that's quite a, a jump in temperature or what have you but if you can find any old weed growth in you know anywhere from 8 to 15 feet of water where those fish are going to be able to roam and kind of hide during the day that's a great place to start looking. You know and you kind of can watch too if you find a, a, an area where the, you, you get nice uh, exposure to the sun and maybe shallows that will warm up with some weeds. Those fish, they'll be just outside of that maybe early in the morning and you can actually see them come up on your depth finder and then they'll move horizontally all the time. Absolutely. Just keeping on the move, that's the name of the game because, you know, early on and, you know, throughout the season, you know, fish are constantly on the move. So if you're just anchored to one spot, you're, n- you're not doing yourself any favors. Well, Jared, a lot of great information there, and uh, anybody wants uh, whatever they got. You got product in here. You got questions. Uh, if they want information on lakes, particular lakes here, I know you can't give away your secret spots, but you can help direct people in the right direction. We'll point you in the right direction for sure. Yeah, we're here if you need us. Thanks, Jared. Thanks, John. Well, folks, you know we need to take a break right now and hear from some of the fine sponsors that make this show possible every week. When we come back, we'll be talking fishing with pro angler Pete Mayna. So stay tuned. We'll be back right after these messages. Hunters and Anglers, Hayward Bait and Bottle is your one-stop sport and bottle shop in Hayward. They have a huge selection of ice fishing gear, including portable shelters, power augers, electronics, beaver dam tip-ups, ice rods, and just about anything you'll need for ice fishing. They also have archery supplies, bows, crossbows, muzzle loaders, ammo, and much more to help you enjoy the outdoors. While you're there, check out the bottle shop for a full selection of beer, wine, and liquor, too. Hayward Bait and Bottle is your one-stop sport and bottle shop. The Hayward Lakes Visitors and Convention Bureau in Sawyer County, Wisconsin welcomes you to our Northwoods hometown. No matter the season, no matter the activity, you'll always be surrounded by our great outdoors. What more could you ask for in a vacation destination? Woods, waters, world-class events. Contact us for information on lodging, dining, attractions, events, trail conditions and more. Order your free vacation guide and start planning your getaway today. Visit us at haywardlakes.com or call 1-800-724-2992. Get the deal of a lifetime on a new Lund from Hayward Power Sports. Truth is, our 2023s arrived late and we missed out on early season sales. So we have a huge inventory of them but desperately need to make room for the 2024s. It's the perfect storm for incredible deals. From the entry-level Lund Adventure to the awesome Lund Impact XS and everything in between. They're all rigged with Mercury outboards and offered at blowout prices. Get your new Lund at Hayward Power Sports, just 10 minutes east of Hayward on Highway 77. Welcome back to another segment of this week's Wisconsin Northland Outdoors. And this part of the show was brought to you by the Hayward Lakes Visitor and Convention Bureau. For more information on lodging and vacationing here in the Hayward Lakes area, check out their website at haywardlakes.com. Well, folks, you know, over all the years I've been a fishing guide and spending enough time out there fishing, seen a lot of changes, and one of the changes seems to be that in a lot of cases, muskies and some other fish sometimes seem to be getting harder to catch, or there are just less fish out there. On this week's show, we're talking with pro angler Pete Mena about that and a lot more. 
Do you think muskies are getting harder to catch out there, Pete? Because it sure seems like it. Oh, well, there's absolutely no doubt about it. And this isn't just coming from me. And I travel more than the majority of people. So, I, you know, it's not like I just fish Wisconsin. I do fish neighboring states. I'm back to fish in Canada a little bit. And pretty much it's a it's across the board overall. They're tougher to catch, I think, per hour on the water. And they're definitely, to some degree, learning avoidance. I don't think think, you know, anyone's absolutely sure how much of it is population depletion and how much of it is learned avoidance from all of the electronics. Now the fish are literally being chased in in some cases with the the advent of the side imaging and forward-facing sonar. And again, it's not necessarily a bash on these companies. They're creating products that work amazingly, but it does allow anglers to literally see fish better than ever before, way away from the boat or way away from a hole in the ice. They can check way off to the side, very effectively see these fish and literally chase these fish down and just much more effectively catch them. The The idea is, is that these fish are now directly associating the, the sounds that they're feeling, the pings and produce, and they feel it in their lateral line. And now because of the forward-facing sonar, especially, they're, they're literally relating that directly to lures dropping on their head. So at the end of the day, uh, you know, anyone that I've talked to that has been honest with me they are seeing it's tougher plain and simple well you know there's a a lot of people out there and a good number of people i see it on facebook all the time that are complaining the dnr doesn't stock enough fish and and yet on the other hand I, i know lakes and you do too or the dnr feels there's a good population of fish in but but people are complaining they don't catch any fish and you know I, I mentioned this on the phone to you too is i've been digging in you know years ago al linder made a comment to me i think might have been on the radio show that he thought maybe we were catching all the catchable fish out there and uh when i was talking to biologists here uh, probably a couple of months ago we got into a little bit and i want to get into it a little bit more maybe with him this winter but you know there's been some studies actually done out there where You've got fish that are more aggressive and fish that are more passive, just like people. And, you know, are we maybe catching all of those fish out? Because even with muskies, catching at least makes a difference. But there is a mortality factor there. And if all the fish that we're catching, the majority of the fish we've been catching over these years, are the more aggressive, faster-growing fish that are more apt to bite or attack a lure, and those are the ones that maybe a slim margin is dying from improper handling and stuff, could we be possibly, you know, changing our lakes? Because I know these studies were done on bass, and they were actually able to, you know, actually able to go through over a bunch of years and create some ponds that had pretty much uncatchable bass in them, but there was a good population. So there's another thing we don't know about. Oh, that makes absolute sense totally i mean it uh well it's the exact same thing when we talked about genetics and you know releasing the bigger ones and maybe keeping a few of the weaker ones it's it, it, it's the same thing so you got uh your more aggressive fish they're the ones that are more apt to well swallow a hook more apt to bite yep. you know all of these different things and and those are the ones that obviously are because they do that are more apt to get harvested and yeah but you know maybe maybe we are maybe in some cases uh population density is very similar to before but we've we've bred over the years uh, a bunch of fish that just you know they don't they don't want to eat baits you know we don't know that but catch and release with muskies you'd think well we're putting fish back but 
I can see it with walleyes or crappies where, or in other bass where some of the fish get harvested, the bigger fish. But muskies, where it's catch and release mostly, it's going to be a slower, you know, process to weed out the aggressive fish. But it still would be done over a long period of time because there is a mortality factor. I don't care who wants to say, oh, I, all the fish I live that I release, that's not the case because uh, you've had fish, I've had fish, anybody has had a certain percentage of them. So fish handling becomes very, very critical in muskies. Oh, it's, yeah, and, and right now it's more critical than ever. And unfortunately... I would blame this mainly on social media and, yeah. and, and more people trying to, uh, well, I guess, just simply make a make a living in fishing, whether it's guiding or influencing or whatever they call it these days. It's just more pressure on the fish and more apt to worry about getting multiple photos. And then we've also had trends towards... Uh, well, it, really, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, I could almost argue at that point that the release ethic possibly got a little extreme. There was a lot of guys that were literally not willing to bring a muskie out of the water at all. They wouldn't even use nets. They used cradles only, and they might measure a little bit in the cradle, but, you know, all of the pictures were water release. You know, they, they wouldn't even hold them up for pictures and this, that, and the other. Now it's gone exactly the opposite. Now, most people like to be able to say, well, it was exactly this long, and sometimes taking girths as well. Well, all of, the, all of that is extra handling. That fish's face is out of the water. That's, they breathe in the water. They don't breathe out. Uh, the precise measurements are done in the boat where they, at, you know, to whatever percentage of time, based on the experience of handling with the people, but these fish are, are fighting in the boat and actually getting loose in the boat and bouncing around the floor of the boat. And then because of social media, after all of that happens, they still got to get pictures yep. as well, which is more time out of the water. And and that that literally, without any doubt, has gotten worse. And, and it's not just muskies, John. You see it with, you know, we all need to pay attention to all of this. You see, probably, I guess it's it's most common with bass and crappies, but you see a you see a trend now to uh, people trying to literally hold up as many fish with two hands as you possibly can. There'll be like three bass a hand or three crappies a hand. And you know darn well that when you're trying to get three fish in one hand, some of those end up on the floor of the boat in that process. So all the whole, the whole trend because of social media, and unfortunately, you know, people go on social media to get likes and interest and that right. seems to get the most interest on social media so on on one hand i can forgive it and understand it but at the end of the day it still is what it is it's overhandling. it's more time out of the water then you add the warmer water temperatures that you and i have talked about right. for years anybody that's been out on the water and handled fish or if you're trying to keep fish alive and you're live well when the water's cold they stay alive much better water gets hot you got to constantly be pumping water on them recirculate you can see that heat is an obvious thing no one can deny it so the poor handling skills we've got you know what two and a half months at least three months of hot water period all of these things are adding to population depletion whether we want to talk about it or not so we really do need to start talking about it it's not just the limits in reducing harvest 
the handling has got to be paid attention to as well. You know, and you can remember, I actually still carry one in my boat. That's my measuring device is a piece of PVC with, with a sticker on the side with a length. But that's what we had to measure fish. We didn't have these bump boards. And most of the fish, a lot of them never got in the boat. I mean, they were measured in the net roughly. Well, it's about that long, you know. And right. it wasn't a big deal back then. But now, like you said, it seems to be, and I don't know if it's a look at me type syndrome thing or what it is, but I think your social media is 100% right on that because I think a lot of it is we got to catch a bigger fish, bigger fish. It used to be, you know, when you started and I started guiding, but if you caught a 20 pounder, that was a big fish. You caught a 30 pounder, that was a whopper. There was only a few of them oh, caught. Yeah. And a 40 pounder, oh man, you were, you were the best guy out there. But and now it's all about 50. It's got to be a 50-incher. It ain't a muskie. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, there is there is really too much focus on on that particular mark. I'm not sure why. I'd rather catch a fat 48 and a skinny 51 yeah. any day myself. But, you know, everybody's different with that. I don't necessarily begrudge people that want to know the length. But it's just you really have to look at the fishery realistically for, for yourself. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, for selfish reasons, if you want to catch more fish, you better concentrate on on getting good at, at releasing them. And uh, that really is, at, at the end of the day, the issue. And, and, and we need to kind of reverse this handling trend. However, now, you know, it's really hard to do on your own, but with two people, that same bump board, there's nothing wrong with bump boards. It's no. an accurate way to measure them. But you can do it over the side of the boat, too. It's a little tougher, but the thing is, they're in the water, and if they are getting excited and, and fighting the hold and this, that, and the other, at least they're, they're not falling down in a boat. They're still in the water. They're able to breathe. Uh, you know, you can do it in a cradle. You can do it in a net. You know, so it's just one of those things that uh, people really need to start thinking about is are these fish that we're releasing, are they surviving? That should be the concentration. You know, and you know, a biologist once said on my radio show that I think it was Max said it's like an arms race out there almost. The fishermen get better. The equipment gets better. The technology gets better. But the fish get smarter. But the key thing to my question is, are the fish going to get smarter, smarter fast enough? Or, or I think we need to do all we can. And when it comes to size limits, bag limits, fish handling, uh, angler ethics, everything we can to make sure that we can have the best possible fishery out there, especially when fish like muskies where you have a lower population density. Yeah, and, uh, and you know, I understand it. And, and to some degree, selfishly, I would agree with it. But, uh, you know, we hear, we hear too about expanding opportunities all the time. Literally, in, instead of, you know, reducing the seasons, we're like adding to the seasons. <laughs> you know, it used to be the, you know, you, you couldn't fish for bass or spawn and this that and the other and of course if if it's catch and release that's great but a, a certain amount of those fish are are still going to die there's talk about uh opening the musky season to you know to spawning yep. time here and that's just not you know I'd, I'd like to be able to fish muskies in early may i guess but you know i'm perfectly happy with the way things are and 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 they get enough pressure on them and Fish need a break, and, and, and I think we realistically, you know, the DNR should really be concentrating more than anything on monitoring the, the fisheries as far as size structure and population overall, and, and really, you know, react to that, or I should say proactively deal with that rather than be reactive to that to make sure and, and reduce things accordingly. and. 
realistically as well, if we're going to grow the sport with the combination of technology and more people, I think we are in a lot of cases going to have to try and stock more fish. And selfishly, to some degree, I think I think stock fish are going to be more easy to catch than the natural reproduced fish. Ideally, you'd want everything natural reproduction. You wouldn't have to stock anything. But that's back to your theory of, you know, talking about are we are we literally producing fish that don't want to bite? I think that just makes all the sense in the world. I think we're seeing that as well. To some degree, it's not a bad idea to stock fish if we can, just for people to have fun. That's what we're doing. And if we're, realistically, if we're growing the sport, you stock some fish, they are going to be a little bit easier to catch as well. So you just got to be realistic about how many more people are doing it and how good this technology is. That, at the end of the day, that's really what it, what it's all about. I don't really want to reduce the population no. of anglers. No. So. <laughs> and I don't want to reduce the population to catchable fish either, so we right. need to kind of look at it from all angles. Boy, a lot of great information there, Pete, and I think we covered some stuff that really need to be addressed out there, and uh, I hope people uh, get a chance to hear it. Yeah. No, I enjoyed it, Sean. Thanks. Well, folks, you know we need to take yet another break and hear from even more of the fine sponsors that make this show possible every week. When we come back, we'll be talking ice fishing for perch with Hayward Area Fishing Guide Steve Jensen, so stay tuned. We'll be back right after these messages. Hey folks, come on over to Hayward Ace Hardware and check out the area's largest selection of firearms, ammo, and accessories. We carry top brands like Browning and Sig Sawyer, and we have a great selection of the newest and hard-to-find models. We've got a large selection of ammo with more coming in daily. If you need a scope, we carry great brands like Loophole, Hawk, and EOTech, and we'll even mount it and boresight it for you too. We even sell suppressors and silencers. And don't forget to check out our Guns of the Week. Huge discounts on a variety of pistols, rifles, and shotguns that change every week. So stop on in to Hayward Ace Hardware, your firearm superstore. Hayward Ace Hardware, Highway 63 North in Hayward, or give us a call at 715-634-8700. Hayward Animal Hospital is a full-service medical and surgical hospital featuring on-site laboratory, digital and dental x-ray, in-house pharmacy, and online store. Dr. Ostrander has 40 years of experience dealing with illnesses, injuries, surgery, and dentistry. Hayward Animal Hospital offers urgent care appointments and emergency surgery daily. Please call early in the day for these appointments. They open at 8 a.m. Hayward Animal Hospital is located one mile east of Hayward on Highway D. Call 715-634-8971. If you'd like to have your time fishing be more enjoyable and productive, hiring a fishing guide can be a good investment. Whether it's learning more about fish patterns throughout the year, learning how to use your depth finder to find the best spots and fish, learn how to use that GPS to get the most out of it, or learn better boat control. A day on the water with a guide can really help you to be a better angler, as well as make a day on the lake very enjoyable. To book a guide trip this year or get more information, you can find us on the internet at www.wiscnorthlandoutdoors.com and then just click on Area Guides. Welcome back to the last segment of this week's Wisconsin Northland Outdoors. And folks, you know, on this part of the show, we've got some great late season ice fishing tips for you for perch from Hayward Area Fishing Guide, Steve Jensen. Steve, you know, as we get later in the winter here and we get closer towards spring, a lot of us start thinking spring, but the, that's when a lot of the guys really want to go out after perch. It seems like that's when we can find these perch. Absolutely, John. And there's, it's no myth or, you know, no nothing unknown that uh, the perch fishing generally peaks later in the season, uh, February and March being the peak times and, and right till ice out. Um, 
what you have is a lot of fish that are out in the basin starting to move in shallower, getting closer to those areas that they're going to spawn once that ice goes out. Uh, so basically it brings fish into the areas and the regions that the, the fishermen can, can access. And um, the one thing about perch is when you find them, you'll generally find a lot of them. They're a schooling fish and um, it can be a blast. Once you get on a big school of perch, it can be nonstop action. You know, several things they're keying in on for food and one thing is things like bloodworms. Yeah, usually, that's usually a soft bottom or a place where it transitioned to hard to soft, right? Well, that's absolutely the fact. Uh, and again, um, Perch kind of do relate to mud and muck type bottoms, looking for invertebrates, mayflies, and that's what their main food forage is throughout the, the winter time. Then you'll see kind of an increase in, in the perch utilizing uh, minnows as a forage as we get closer to ice out. So you'll see those fish come into those harder break lines. But in general, I do like that transition, like you mentioned, um, that soft to hard bottom, sand to muck. And, and a lot of times it'll be out over the muck for the perch because they're certainly roaming and always looking for food. And as far as finding and locating them, it's a little bit different than looking for suspended crappies because the perch are usually relating to the bottom itself. Absolutely, and that's a, a real good point. Uh, perch are definitely going to be relating in the bottom two, three, four feet, and generally in that bottom foot. Um, the, the one nice thing about perch later in the season is they will generally congregate and get in the larger schools, and, and once you get into those larger schools, they're very easy to find on electronics, and they're usually quite eager to come up and bite. Um, so once you get over the fish, you can usually do well, so it's a matter of just keep moving, keep moving, keep moving until you do get on some fish and start catching. And you know, once you start seeing them off the bottom, usually those are more aggressive, active fish, because if they're on the bottom, a lot of times you wouldn't see them. Absolutely, and, and that's the thing about perch. Instead of like crappie, where you can drill a hole, drop your electronics, and look down and see if they're there, um, generally you got to drop a bait when you're fishing for perch just to see if you can get them to raise up. And um, like you say, a lot of times they are belly tight to the bottom. Um, and then tease them up off the bottom. Once you get those fish coming up a little bit, that's my main way of getting the bite is to tease them up, tease them up, tease them up. And once you get them off the bottom, they're usually more eager to bite. Steve, anybody looking for a guide, uh, you got to give out your number? Yeah, if anybody wants to get out for some late season pan fishing, it's the best time of year. It's a great time to get out. Uh, my cell phone is 715-558-3709. You can get a hold of me at fishhunts.com on the web. Well, folks, you know, we're about out of time for this week's show. I'd like to remind everyone out there that if you miss a show, go to our website at wnoradio.com. From there, you can link to, to our podcast site, and the show is also on Spotify and Google Podcasts every week. And also, if you're looking for information on vacationing and lodging here in the Hayward Lakes area, check out the Hayward Lakes Visitor and Convention Bureau website at haywardlakes.com. Thanks for listening, folks. We're out of time, and we'll be back again next week with another interesting show for you. Listen with me, I'm going to take you there to our Wisconsin outdoors, our Wisconsin outdoors. This program has been produced and hosted entirely by Wisconsin Northland Outdoor Communications. Any and all views expressed are not necessarily those of the station.